Today, for the first time, we welcome fellow educational therapist and CAP Educational Therapy Group team member, Katie Cadigan, to the podcast. Katie joins us today to provide a training that she offered initially to the CAP Educational Therapy Group team a couple of months ago. She was gracious enough to accept our invitation to come on the podcast and offer this training to our Smarty audience. We've talked quite a bit about reading comprehension on the podcast before, and we've linked those episodes in our show notes as well, just in case you haven't heard them yet. Listen in for Katie's top five reading comprehension strategies, and definitely listen to the end because Katie goes through some amazing online tools that can be a game changer for your learners. And of course, there's a freebie with this episode, so go to learnsmarterpodcast.com for the freebie, or if you're already on our email list, that will be in your inbox this morning. We would love to work with you over here at Learn Smarter, and we are currently accepting applications for Learn Smarter Pro. Learn Smarter Pro is our six-week program for professionals where there will be a professional and individualized support, behind-the-scenes business trainings, group coaching, and more. We will be doing trainings in this group that won't be offered on this podcast, so if you're interested, we are currently accepting applications for Learn Smarter Pro now. The group will be kept small by design, so if you're interested, reach out to us now and we'll send you more details and the application. Learn Smarter Pro will be launching in the beginning of April, and we will only be accepting applications until March 15th, so you only have a few more days to apply to join that exclusive group. Now let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 95 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. And today we are joined by my longest standing team member, it sounds bad, but you've just been with me the longest. <laughs> I think it sounds cute. Katie Cadigan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me today. Yay. You're welcome. I'm excited because this is the first time either one of our team members has been featured on the podcast. And really, it's the first time we're ever going to sort of hand over the microphone too. Wouldn't you say, Steph? Yeah. It's something exciting that you get to represent the teams and so well-deserved. Oh, well, thank you, Steph. Now I feel like a lot of pressure on my shoulders. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. You're good. So Katie, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience, tell people a little bit about who you are and how we came to be together. Mine and Rachel's love story. (laughs) So uh, my name's Katie Cadigan. I have been working at Cap Ed Therapy for, I think it's three years this February. Time flies. I went to undergrad at George Washington University back in DC. I'm a California native. So after graduation, I came back home. I decided to get into the education field and started to pursue my master's in special education. And I realized I wanted something that was more one-on-one attention than being in a classroom. And I admire teachers so much for doing that. I just knew that was just going to be a lot. And I kind of fell upon educational therapy. I met a fellow educational therapist who told me about it. So I did the program at Northridge, same program as Rachel and Steph. Mm -hmm. And after I had graduated, I had gotten an email about jobs and Rachel had posted on there. She seemed super sweet and, and fun. And so I was like, all right, let me reach out to her. 
We'll just say we bonded. <laughs> I loved Rachel. She obviously loved me. Right. And so we've been working together really ever since. And yeah, I am her longest standing baby bird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of happened that sparked our invitation to Katie for the podcast was that Katie did a training for our team on reading comprehension because I had noticed that she was doing super interesting and different things than I was doing. And honestly, I wanted more training on it. And so after she provided that training to our team, I texted Steph and like, Steph, let's have Katie come do this on the podcast. And then Katie was like, are you sure you want me to do this on the podcast? hundred <laughs> percent. And we're like, yes, you're going to be great. So we're going to hand over the microphone All right, and go ahead and train all of us on your fave reading comp strategies. So reading comprehension is something that all readers can work with. And I recently started to get a little creative when I had a string of older students and I was a little nervous at first because, you know, I knew how to do the ABCs and colored pictures for reading. I didn't know how to differentiate that to like an older student. And so I did some research into it and decided to get a little creative in my ways. And Rachel was very supportive and letting me know that I'd be able to do it. Because it's not actually that different, right? No, it's not. Yeah, which Rachel kept telling me that it's not all that different. And I was like, Rachel, I got a seven-year-old that was like all googly-eyed and <laughs> thinks my jokes are funny. And then I got a college kid who's like, you know. <laughs> get out of my face. And another college kid might be coming at you this week, but we'll see. But I don't fear them anymore. I'm ready for them. That's right. Yes. I'm the boss. I'm the yeah. captain now. <laughs> I'm going to put that like on the door. This is progress. Yes. All right. Go for it, Katie. Okay. So the first strategy that I like is to set up essential questions when reading. This is when you are kind of reading the introduction of a piece this is when you can kind of preview information of what is your background knowledge? What do you know? And what are you curious to learn about? And so I'll model this for my students of what questions do you think are going to be answered? Let's guess. What do you think is going to be discussed? What do you want to know that is going to be discussed? And it's great for when you're looking back on the text later, you don't want to have to read every single word all over again. And so this is where your essential questions can really help. They go beyond memorization and they engage the reader in an active learning environment, furthering what they want to know and learn about the text. And so I have readers set those up in the beginning and we kind of put them not to the side, you know, they're there as you're reading throughout, but you definitely get those set up and you can add more along the way, of course, but those are just great little guiding blocks for reading with it. Can you give us some examples? So the text that I used in our training was about castles because, <laughs> um, you know, who doesn't love castles? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in the beginning, it was kind of the history about castles, architecture, the rise and fall. And so some big question I had is what happened to castles? You know, we don't see them anymore. Fair. Um, and so I was just kind of curious to that. And also, how did castles come about? Why did we have them? I'm really upset <laughs> about castles not being around anymore, if you can't tell. Mm -hmm. But what was that change? What led to it? Who were the people involved if there were people involved? Other essential questions that I like to do, especially for like textbooks of like history and such, a lot of times always asking 
And why was that important? If it's talking about a person, why do you have to know that person besides when they're born and, you know, kind of what they did? What did they contribute to society overall? And that's kind of my thing with the essential questions is you want it to be an overarching spread of knowledge that you're covering, really. I like it. So the next one is one that I'm sure everyone is familiar with because it is drilled into us when we are young is the five W's. Who, what, where, when, and why. And as we get older, this, you know, changes from kind of just like the main character and what happened to providing a outline in a way of writing a story about the information you're reading about. And I always tell my readers that it's a lot easier if you can connect your key terms and make a story as opposed to just learning your simple facts of, you know, this was this person, this was the date, this is what they did. If you can incorporate it more of maybe including two people and why were they similar because of what they did together. So it helps to connect multiple ideas as a group rather than individual facts. And then another great way of testing yourself back because, I mean, reading comprehension is making sure you understand what you're reading. But a lot of these strategies are to test your knowledge of what you are reading. Do you understand it? Is it making sense? Can you continue on and going forth? And so creating stories that interconnect ideas will help readers to remember more than just simple facts. It's why we remember TV shows. It's because there's a story along with it, right? The active engagement. I mean, you know, the text isn't necessarily talking to you, but that doesn't mean you can't make <laughs> make reading fun. And have a conversation with it, yeah, even if it's not talking back. Talk to your book. It's fine. We won't judge you. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So that's a great one for the five W's. The next one I like to do is simply summarizing the passage. And all these strategies are kind of different ways in which you can summarize the passage. But if you don't want to get fancy with it or you don't feel as though you really need those strategies, it can be as simple as, can you summarize this paragraph up in two or three sentences? And what it is is because we don't want you to restate the entire thing, but you want to make sure that you have the main ideas of what is making sense. And I like to check in with my readers. I don't really let them go more than a paragraph ahead without checking in on their comprehension and whether or not they actually know what's going on. Because a lot of times, and I'm sure we've all seen it, that you'll be like, all right, you know, do you understand what's going on? And you just kind of get that nod of like, yeah, (laughs) but probe them a little farther. They have like no idea where they're at. And so I always find it's a lot easier to figure that out at paragraph two rather than paragraph 12 when you're going to have to go back and cover all the other 10 paragraphs to figure out where exactly you got lost. So it's a great way of checking in with students. And it's an informal measure too of just, hey, really quickly, uh, you know, tell me who is that person again? Or, oh wait, why were castles important? Kind of keeping them engaged. And also I feel like it kind of holds them accountable if they know I'm going to be asking them that they're like, oh, better be paying attention now. You know, and that through osmosis, they hopefully carry that on when I'm not there sitting over their shoulder. There's also sticky notes, which I know you guys have discussed on the show before. Love. Mm -hmm. Love sticky notes. Yeah. Right. Hashtag sticky note sponsorships. So sticky notes are great, especially for writing in that textbook when you may not be able to write in the textbook. I also like it just for the students who maybe want 
a little bit more pizzazz in their reading. If you know if they're visually inclined that seeing text in the margin, they can get a little upset if it doesn't look nice or it's kind of messy looking. And so the sticky notes can really help to organize that and keep things clean looking, which can also help keep their attention where it should be and not on the aesthetic of the book. But sticky notes are great because they kind of leave a sort of breadcrumb trail for readers to follow when looking back in the text. If they need to reference something, it's a lot easier to just scan your sticky notes of, all right, where were we talking about the decline of Rome? Oh, perfect, right here. So let me read my main points. Mm -hmm. So it allows readers to have quicker access to information that they may want. Another one is list in bullet. I don't really know any other fancy name for it, but so it's a list in bullet. This is great for informational texts where there are a lot of headings and subheadings of information that's being presented to you. Mm. It's also great when you are comparing and contrasting ideas, when you want to keep students to a focused main idea point. You don't want them listing a whole bunch of details because that's not the point of the text in that case. Yes, there are those cases, but there are sometimes when it's just, just give me the bare minimum, like what's the pro, what's the con? And it forces readers to really choose what is important and to have them refocus back on what is the main idea and why am I reading? And just kind of helps bring everyone back to center again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sort of like an outline. Yes, but not going into like the A, sub dash one, sub dash two. Like a to-do list. Yeah. I'd say like a to-do list and like a very short to-do list for all our procrastinators out there. You just got to get two things done on your list and you're good to go. (laughs) And then lastly, I'm sure it has a formal name, the SWBST, which is the somebody wanted, but so then strategy. And this one was actually new to me as of this year that I had never really like heard of it. And I thought it was a really cool thing is I started using it with my students more and I always love when the students can teach me something Mm -hmm. and having them explain it in a way that makes sense for me to understand, but also for them to understand. And I think it makes them feel cool that they get to tell me something for once. Mm -hmm. So this strategy helps by summarizing the action of the story or historical event by identifying key elements. So the parts would be somebody is the main character. Wanted is the character's goal, but is the conflict the character faces. So is the solution to solving such conflict. And lastly, then is how the story ends. And this kind of plays in part with the whole idea of writing these paragraph summaries of the text in your own words. And it's just really a way to check in with yourself of, your comprehension, is it making sense? And if it's not, at what part are you losing connection to the text? Maybe you know the characters, but you're not entirely sure about the conflict that's occurring. It also allows readers to really identify and focus on what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, and also where did they get lost? Because it's always daunting to a reader to be like, I don't want to go back and read five pages of dense text. No one wants to do that. You know, I'm not going to pretend like anyone does. And so if you have a better understanding of where your comprehension is getting lost, then it gives you more power to be more efficient in reading and really remediating what it is you want to be learning. 
I also discovered that somebody wanted but so then strategy. Steph, remember when I sent it to you? I'm like, check this out. I do remember. And we're like, ooh. Ooh. And you know what? Quite a few kids, I give them the choice of doing the five W's or doing somebody wanted so, but so then. And a lot of their schools use that. And so they feel really comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that too in the schools. A lot of the somebody wanted, but so then. I felt like I was kind of geeking out on it at first too. I was like, oh, like this is awesome. Yeah. You know? Why didn't we learn that? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, no offense to the five W's, but... <laughs> It's always nice to change things up. We get inspired by learning this new stuff because we've been using the same stuff. And while it might be new and interesting for our client, it's maybe not that new and interesting for us. So when we spruce it up a bit, we bring that better, happier, lighter energy into introducing the strategies. So it's fun. That's one of the reasons why I wanted you to do this training. And also the next stuff we're going to kind of get into I was enamored with what you have compiled online. And we will start by saying that, yes, Smarties, we will do a freebie for all the tools that Katie's about to list. But if you are on our email list, which you can join by going to www.learnsmarterpodcast.com, you'll have this freebie in your email this morning when the episode comes out, which is about a month from when we're recording. (laughs) Behind the scenes. All right, Katie, take us through these awesome tools. All right. So I found these tools while kind of investigating how to work with my older students and, you know, what was really going to help them. And I found these great resources and tools and I immediately sent to Rachel. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, Rachel is a a tech guru. I'm sure (laughs) Steph is too, because the two of them are little peeping pods. (laughs) So I found this list of tools that I sent to them. So the first tool is spritz and it is spelt s-p-r-i-t-z and this is an app that says to increase reading speed and focus by adjusting word position and color use these tools some of them are free some of them you can pay for like a little subscription but they all kind of do unique things which I thought was really interesting. And so with Spritz, it'll show you kind of a preview of text. If you go to highlighting different words, and it's interesting how your mind can scan information in a quicker way. The next one is called Zap Reader, spelled exactly like it sounds. And this is a tool that can be used for students who become visually overstimulated with words, or also if you want to practice just increasing how fast you can read. And what it allows you to do, it is a free tool that you can plug text in and it will be presented to you one word at a time that just flashes across your screen. And so for the readers who are visually overstimulated, having text presented one word at a time can help ease their anxiety of, wow, this is a lot. And then also you can adjust the speed at which rate the word shows up. So it's not one set speed. So you can slow it down or you can speed it up if you want to train your brain to be reading these words faster. This is the old school way of like having the box open in a card or a post-it that you just move through the text and you can only see one word at a time. So this is the new and improved version. I like it. New and improved. The next resource is called Beeline Reader, and it is an online program that, again, helps make reading faster or easier by using a color gradient. And what that basically is, is kind of using multicolors 
on the page that help guide your eyes actually from one end of the line to the beginning of the next. And I could see this being helpful for our students with tracking issues, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially if all they have to do is follow the color that they're watching. And so if you go to their website, what it looks like, and I think you can pick between like monochromatic colors and some other colors. But each sentence is its own color, and so it really helps you to track of where it starts, where it ends, and where the next sentence would start. Mm. And that this can also help for pacing. A lot of times, you know, I'll get students that kind of stop at the end of a sentence on the page, but that's not the end of the sentence. Mm-hmm. You know, it continues on. So letting them know that the story does continue over onto the next. Next is rewordify.com. So re wordify.com. And this is a free online software. And I really like this one because it actually takes the vocabulary that you may be using, whether it's complex or not, and it simplifies it into a simpler vocabulary. And the way they kind of describe it is that it gives you uh, bite-sized snippets of dense reading content for previewing purposes. And again, you can go onto the website and I tried it out. I posted in a paragraph. It doesn't replace like every word. If it's a pretty simple paragraph already, it'll shorten it a bit. But for those really dense ones with the big words, it was really cool and interesting to see of how they kind of simplified it down. The meaning is still there, yes. but it was awesome to look at it and be like, okay, this is actually what they want you to get from the paragraph. It kind of does a lot of the somebody wanted but so then or who what when where why work and takes out kind of those scary words that can scare students at time of like well i don't know what that word means it's like well you know here you go this will help it's great for previewing it's not necessarily a replacement right for reading the text but it's great for letting kids which we always advocate letting kids know what they're about to be reading so they can kind of confirm what they thought was going to be happening And this is a really nice kind of fun way of doing it. And I'll also add that we've done other episodes on reading comp and we'll link those in the show notes to this episode as well. Katie's like pointing down, (laughs) like scroll down in your app. (laughs) Swipe up to subscribe. (laughs) All right. Last one is text compactor. Text compactor is another online free tool that you can use. And it's similar in a fashion to rewordify's purpose of giving the bite-sized snippets of information. Text Compactor will allow struggling readers to process overwhelming information in a smaller format of less visually stimulating information on the page. You know, a lot of these apps or tools, they serve the same purpose and it's really what you prefer and what works to you. You don't have to use all of them. You don't have to use any of them, but if it helps your reader, then that's great. And that's all we want at the end of the day. These are some of my favorite tools that I think we've ever shared on the podcast. We've shared quite a few. So is there anything else you want to add, Katie, or anything else stuff you want to add? No, but I have to check all these out. Yeah. (laughs) I have a feeling our audience is going to be like on their walk with us or driving to work. It's a good thing that we're going to build out a freebie for this one so that everybody can go and play. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that these websites offer these kind of ideas. I feel like, you know, like we maybe think of them of, oh, that'd be so great if 
you know, so-and-so could happen. Right. And sure enough, here you go. You've got your different colors. You've got your condensed text. Got everything you could ever want. The color one is really cool. The gradient one is really good too. Yeah, I was thinking this is great for dyslexic kids. Hi, Smarties. This is Rachel dropping in really quick, inviting you to work with Katie. If you are interested in working with us locally, and yes, we both do virtual sessions, and by both, I mean CAP Educational Therapy Group in Beverly Hills, which is my practice, and my ed therapist in Redondo Beach, California. We both offer virtual sessions where you can either work with us or one of our amazing team members like Katie. So if you are interested in learning more about how to have your learner work or connect with us, you can either send us an email or information for signing up for a phone call is listed on both of our websites, which are always, always in the show notes. Now back to Katie. Well, Katie, thank you so much for representing all the team members at Cap Ed Therapy Group and my ed therapist. No, thank you. By coming on. Thank you, guys. Have a great week, everybody. Have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week. <laughs>